On this special off-season episode of Talking Bear Football, Matt and Steven talk through some of the off-season news, including some 2020 postseason awards, changes to the 2021 season, and the just-released classifications and districts. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on WestBranchFootball.com. Nice job, Stephen. I was, I, hoping, I was hoping you'd take that. It, for one, it's been a while because, you know, it's been how many months since we've had football. And two, I don't normally say that. I'm normally just along for the ride. So I feel important. <laughs> the, the one thing I will state, though, is that it's WestBranch.Football. Oh, I forgot that we changed it. Yeah. I mean, WestBranchFootball.com still works. It still but works, but WestBranch.Football. Yeah, I think that's just kind of cool. I'll remember that for the outro. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you get one more chance to redeem yourself. So, uh, no Jason Miller today. He has uh, some other things going on this weekend, so was unable to join us. So, it's just uh, me, Matt Chenander, and uh, Voice of the Bears, Stephen Grace. Um, yeah, and like Stephen alluded to, this is... Uh, you know, it's been a few months since we've had an episode here. We last had an episode uh, just following the Bears' uh, playoff loss to Minneapolis back in October. Um, but yeah, quite a bit has uh, quite a bit has happened since then, just in terms of postseason awards and people committing to to college and uh, coaching staff changes and schedule changes and districts announced and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to go through uh, and talk through some of that today. But first, before we do that. Steven, what have you been doing in the off season so far? Um, staying away from everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, um, I, I mean, typical off season for me, uh, well, a little atypical because normally as soon as football gets done, I've already got the wrestling season rolling into full year and uh, obviously not starting until after the first of the year. Um, my November and December were a little more open, but... You know, otherwise just working at the ice cream shop and then getting ready for that. And now I'm right in that week in between where we just had Big Ten wrestling last week where I got to drive out to Pennsylvania and do that. And I'm getting ready later this week. We'll be driving down to St. Louis for the NCAA championships. So hopefully the Hawks can get it done. We got the Big Ten title. Now let's see if we can get the NCAA title as well and nice. roll on. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's dive into things. So uh, before we talk about kind of the bigger news where districts were released uh, just this past week by the Iowa High School Athletic Association, uh, let's dive into just a couple things that have happened here in the offseason. Um, Which to me, I think is some pretty big news because some well-deserved accolades and information for some of these kids that have put so much time into this West Branch program. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And i I didn't mean to disparage what we're oh, going to no, talk about here. Just, yeah, um, <laughs> just some things that have, yeah, happened here in the past few months. Uh, really, the first thing that we want to touch on is um, a lot of Bears, I think like 13 or something, um, have uh, made the Class 1A District 5 All-District team. Um, so that's uh, that's a great honor, great honor there. Um, I'll go through them here real quick. Uh, the most valuable players in the district, Jeff Bowie, uh, at uh, defensive front, Kale Federlin at kicker, Gavin Hirschman for offensive utility. Uh, first team, uh, first teamers were Cole Bailey, Drake Berry, Jeff Bowie, Kale Federlin, Andy Henson, and Gavin Hirschman. 
Second team, Carver Belk, Peyton Miller. Honorable mentions, Kinnick Belk, Jack Buell, Simon Palmer, and Trey Schutte. And then the Golden Award uh, was awarded to Kale Sexton. And uh, the Golden Award, it's not immediately uh, obvious what that means, but it's awarded to a player who uh, got hurt uh, and was out for you know a good good portion of the season. Um, but the the uh, coaches and coaching staff within the district felt that they were their play was on track to re- uh, receive one of the the team selections. Um, so con- uh, congrats to Caleb there. I know that was a, a tough season for him because uh, he, he loves being, as, as you and I know, Stephen, he loves being out there. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was good to him to at least, you know, obviously get some recognition for for his passion and, and, and the way that he played when he was on the field. Yeah. And, I mean, all district honors, that's one of those that I think sometimes – we can maybe be a little spoiled because we've had so much success that we kind of take that for granted, but that's a big deal. I mean, that's something that the coaches get together, they talk about it. So it's not just somebody looking at your stats or looking at, you know, headlines from a newspaper saying, oh, well, this guy threw the ball a bunch or this guy ran the ball a bunch. That's the coaches saying, wow, when we were watching this team play, that guy looked good. He's a football player. There's a reason that they have some success. So, I mean, that's not anything to take lightly because that's getting voted on by the opposing coaches. And the fact that we had 13 guys that were recognized, including three MVPs, um, just says a lot about the hard work that all of these players have put in, too. So that's congratulations to all of them. That's phenomenal to see that. And hopefully some of those younger guys that are on there can keep that hunger. And, you know, guys that maybe didn't get on there, okay, what do I need to do to step my game up so that the coaches recognize me this coming season? And uh, yeah, beyond that, uh, just about a week later, um, the Iowa Sports Print Writers Association uh, announced their all-state football, their all-state football selections uh, for the 2020 season. And uh, seniors Jeff Bowie and Gavin Hirschman uh, were were named to that. Um, so again, uh, you know, two big honors there. Um, this is, uh, you know, the best players in the state. Yeah. So, uh, again, that's uh, something that is not taken lightly uh, for sure. So uh, congratulations uh, to those two. Yes, definitely. Uh, In addition, the rewards just kind of keep coming in. Uh, (laughs) Gavin Hirschman, again, um, named to Allstate, but this is for uh, academic purposes. Um, And Kale Federlin also uh, was named to academic Allstate. So, you know, we talked about these these kids being student athletes, student being first. Um, and I know Coach Peterson and the entire coaching staff um, of of all ranks. You know, seventh grade up up through high school um, with within the West Branch Community Schools. You know, they're preaching the academics too, because um, if you if you don't have that right, you can't play. <laughs> and and the academics part is going to be a lot more important uh in life um further down the line too so it's uh, extremely important to keep that up and you know uh Gavin Hirschman and Kale Federlin were were honored for for having excellence in that area I wish I could remember if it I want to say that you know you have to be a senior and it has to be like a at least a 3.0 I want to say maybe even a 3.5 GPA I, so Yeah I want to say it's a 3.5 Yeah so, I mean, it's not like, oh, just anybody can get this. I mean, it's it takes effort. And again, that's that balancing act that, I mean, I look back 
to 25 years ago when I was in school and I'm like, wow, you know, we would play football and then roll into basketball or wrestling and then roll into track and, you know, yeah, we'd find time to, you know, throw in some schoolwork as well. But these kids are so committed and so involved in so many other things. And I mean, it feels like there's times that, you know, hey, I wanted to go to a girls basketball game or a volleyball game and I'd make it to a couple a year because of other things. But it feels like these kids are always there supporting their classmates and still finding time to get the schoolwork done. And it's just, again, one of those big tip of the cap to, you know, these two, you know, Kale and Gavin, because, you know, it's not easy to do when you're balancing so many different things and to be able to do it at a high level, both academically and athletically is just amazing. So congrats to them. Uh, congrats to their families too, because I know that a lot goes into uh, how they were raised. And so congratulations to all of them. And also Gavin Hirschman and Kale Federlin, uh, they're going to continue playing football uh, probably for the next four years, hopefully, as they both have committed to play uh, at Central uh, Central College. Um, so that's uh, that's big for them. Um, I know both of them had gotten uh, several offers from uh, various schools, and they both decided to you know stay together and and go to Central. So looking forward to them uh, seeing what they can do over the next few years. Uh, at the college level. Uh, I'm excited to keep track of them. I was joking. Uh, Coach Peterson may have to just slide down there because now you got <laughs> these two. You got Cheese, Jacob Graves oh, yeah, down right. there, Billy Freese down there as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, strong West Branch flavor over in Pella. So yeah. uh, that'll West be Branch exciting. South. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Southwest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then one more uh, college committal, um, and this one just kind of took me by surprise. Um, a player from a few years ago, Luke Lenock, uh, he announced uh, back in December that he'll be enrolling at Co College um, and playing football for the Cohawks. Um, so that's that was kind of a nice surprise to yeah. to see that come back and see him keep trying to to play. And just from photos I've seen of him. Uh, uh, just seems like he's still in excellent shape, and I'm sure he'll uh, he'll do really well. Can't interested to to watch him watch him play. Yeah, I know he was excited um, right out of high school, heading down to William Penn, and for whatever reason, I mean, sometimes things just don't work out, and it's not anything negative against Luke or against William Penn. It just wasn't a fit, and so thankfully for him, he was able to find something, and um, I'm. Wouldn't be surprised. There's a little bit of a West Branch connection there with um, Shane Staker's brother being the coach at Co. So I'm sure Shane may have, uh, you know, done a little recruiting <laughs> help for his brother on, on the side. But uh, that'll be exciting. Co's always had a great program. It's a lot of fun. Right up in Cedar Rapids, so pretty close for people to go up and see too. So congrats to Luke to get back into it, and uh, excited to see how that shakes out for him. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, just yeah. It's always we've been you know pretty blessed here at, at West Branch to have the running backs that we've the the train of running backs that we've had for the last gosh what ten years yeah at least at, at least. least ten years. Um, and so it's yeah, it's good to see that one of them's gonna gonna keep trying it out at the next level. Um, and uh, yeah, I always loved watching him run. So hopefully we can catch a glimpse of him there with the Cohawks. Yep, for sure. All right, so let's dive into some of the uh, stuff related here to the 2021 season, the upcoming season. Uh, first item here is that uh, Luke Basivio has been named uh, the new head coach of the Fresh Soft team. 
Uh, he takes over for Matt Hills, uh, who took uh, a new role as director of football operations. So congratulations to to Matt Hills there on on taking that. Um, I know he's always been pretty um, interested in that type of stuff, so um, I think he'll do a really good job at that, and I think he'll be a good good position or good good position to have uh, within the program too. But um, w- whatever that actually entails, um, I know that Matt will do a really good job. Oh at yeah, that for sure. Yeah, he's. So. That's exciting for him. I mean, I know, I mean, at the college level, some of that director of football ops, you know, there's a lot of traveling and coordinating a lot of other stuff. So, you know, there's there's a lot of other organizational things that go in besides just X's and O's and figuring out who your starting quarterback and starting left guard are. So um, it'd be one of those that just helps the program in a different way. So excited to see that for Matt. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, excited to see Luke uh, Luke Pasibio step up into the the head coach role. Um, he's been doing, um, I think, defensive out with defense. Yeah. yeah, defensive coordinator for the past uh, two three years now. Two years, I think the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and just a little bit of background on him. He is uh, he went he grew up in Iowa City. Uh, went to went to um, uh, Iowa City High uh, there. And, um, yeah, started on the staff in 2018. Um, and so, yeah, and he's a fourth grade teacher. Um, seventh grade now. Seventh grade, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, he, that's right. He's been the one that has lucked out because there's one of the grades, I think it's the current fifth grade class, that um, is a really small class. So they usually only have two sections. Okay. So I think he was there with them in fourth grade or right before they were there, so the year ahead of them, he was in fourth grade. Then he moved up to fifth grade because they wouldn't need that extra section. And then when that class moved to fifth grade this year, he moved up to seventh grade. So okay. he's been doing some junior high stuff. I, I only know that because my oldest daughter is the year that's had him a couple of years. So okay. he's a good teacher, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, My daughter Riley really enjoys him. He's real good with the kids at that age group. But then also, you know, seeing him out on the football field as well. Phenomenal teacher, phenomenal coach, knows his stuff. But speaking of that West Branch Southwest, uh, he played basketball down at Central College as well. So a mm-hmm. little bit of a connection there at the same time. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned, you know, just being good with the kids. And I and I think that's an important quality to have as the fresh off head coach, just with those uh, freshmen and sophomores that are coming in, and especially the freshmen that... I mean, I remember when I played freshman football, I was just overwhelmed because everything was brand new, you know, new school, um, teammates who you really hadn't, you know, older teammates who you hadn't really played with much at all um, in the past. And kind of that maturity difference between a freshman and a senior, both in mental, uh, mental maturity as well as physical maturity is uh, it's a huge gap uh, a lot of the time. And so, yeah, coming just having having a coach there and a leader coming in that's um, really good with those kids to kind of help them through that transition and to um, get their feet wet and get them on solid ground is uh, super important to have. Yeah, well, and I'm I'll be interested whenever we get to media day. Hopefully, you know, a little bit more expanded because things are a little bit um, clearer for us because of the COVID things. But uh, I'll be interested to talk to him and. Uh, kind of have him dive a little deeper into that. Cause I know that, you know, Matt Hills stressed it a lot and it's really kind of the role that the fresh soft team has is, you know, just getting more of those fundamentals and, you know, they're taught those starting with, you know, the red Buffaloes in fifth and sixth grade, 
And then you get to the junior high level. And I know that the coaches there work on just a little bit more. But, you know, again, it's not necessarily that the fresh soft team is out there to go undefeated and win a fresh soft district title. Uh, Their goal is to develop as football players so that if they get called upon at the varsity level or when they move up to become juniors or seniors, they're ready to go. So um, be interested to talk to him a little bit uh, as this summer wears on and kind of see his philosophy, if there's anything. I'm sure there's a lot of similarities, if there's any differences in terms of how to get them ready to go when it's time to step out on that field. And speaking of leaders, the team captains for the 2021 season uh, have been selected. There are quite a few of them, actually. And um, just with the the small senior class uh, that, is, that is coming into the 2021 season, um, I think it just made sense to make all of those seniors captains, um, have their seniority uh, be that leadership role uh, with all of them. And I, and I know they're all capable of that. Um, so that's uh, Cole Bailey, Drake Berry, Seth Franzoni, Gavin Hills, Brady Hunger, Peyton Miller, and Cash Woody. Uh, so congratulations to those seven, um, and uh, we look forward to to you being in that leadership role um, and help 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 guiding this team. Yeah, that's a big honor too. I mean, those are things that as soon as that's voted on, you know, their work started basically the first of November. And okay, what are we doing to make sure that guys are getting their noses in the playbook and understanding things? What are we doing to make sure that they're heading to the weight room? and getting things done. What are they doing to encourage participation in other sports? Because multi-sport athletes have so much more success. So what can they do to get them out for basketball or wrestling, on the track team, out for soccer, you know, just things so that you're hanging out with your friends, you're doing more, you're just staying active, getting exposed to a variety of things. So a lot of that is on those captains. I know that they've always had great captains practices over the summer as well, where they work on those things. And again, hopefully some of these um, COVID concerns are starting to ease so that that makes it a little bit easier for them to do a lot more of these things in this offseason. This is one of those roles, as you mentioned, it's, it's quite an honor to receive. Um, you know, this is the, the most captains the team has ever had, to my knowledge. Uh, you know, typically it's it's four or five. Uh, so having seven them, of them, um, it actually can be kind of nice just because, as you mentioned, you know, part of their role is keeping everybody in check, uh, getting everybody into the weight room to captain's practices, staying out of trouble, uh, you know, uh, doing well in the classroom, all that kind of thing. So really the more vocal leaders um, that that are in that position um, can can really only benefit. Well, and it's a good way to, I mean, it's an extension of the coaching staff, but it's also, I mean you know what it's like when you're a teenager. And if you've got this quote unquote old guy telling you to do something, yeah, whatever coach, yeah, I'll do it. Well, if you have one of your buddies saying, Hey, let's get this done. You know, that peer pressure can work in a positive way too. It's not just taking it to the uh, places where you shouldn't be. It peer pressure can take you to the places you should be too. All right. So over the last, um, about two months or so, the Iowa High School Athletic Association has uh, made some announcements and and kind of started uh, spinning the wheels, gearing up for the 2021 season. And one of the first things that they had announced, um, you know, as it pertains to that here back in January, um, well, there, there are a couple things they announced, but, um, you know, as it pertains to, to West Branch, um, they announced that for classes A, 1A, and 2A, um, 
those the the teams in those classes will now have an eight game regular season uh, schedule, uh, which is down from the traditional nine games that you know I've only known for as long as I can remember. Um, and as a kind of in a, a correlated correlation uh, and a related move to that, uh, the state has expanded the playoff field from sixteen teams to thirty two teams, um, and so. You know, really, the reason why those are somewhat uh, correlated together is that, um, you know, for for a few seasons there, when there was the the nine game schedule with still the thirty two playoff teams, you'd have you know um, shorter times between playoff games. So you'd go a Friday, a Wednesday, a Monday, um, and that that type of schedule to to be able to fit the full playoff schedule, the nine games, the full playoff schedule. Um, and have that championship game done um, by the time Thanksgiving rolls around. And <clears throat> a few years ago, the state decided to really nix that whole Friday, Wednesday, Monday type of thing just because of making sure these players get rest um, just because it's a football game. Uh, you can't it, it's hard to play more than one in in a one week time period. So um, they decided to nix that and make sure that all of these games are, you know, on a Friday or Saturday type of thing. Um, so in order to now for the state to be able to have those 32 playoff teams and still get everything done, you know, start that last week of August and get everything done by Thanksgiving, the one thing they had to give up was that ninth regular season game. Um, so yeah, what, what are your thoughts here on, you know, this whole change, the eight game schedule going back to the 32 playoff teams. I know last season we had everybody in the playoffs, so it's quite the stark contrast between the, the 16 teams that we've had the past few seasons before that. You know, I kind of like some of the way the way that they did it. I I actually kind of like. I mean, I know that there's been talk of how can we expand the playoffs, and I know that I think the high school coaches were talking about what if we looked at some sort of a 24 game schedule, you know, a 24 team playoff. But then you run into some of the issues like we saw last year of well, who gets a first round buy? What impact does that first round buy have on things? And you know. What happens when you have three teams in one district that tie, who gets the coin flip and things of that nature. And then at the same time, you look at the concern of, you know, yeah, you were playing 14 games in basically just over two and a half, almost three months. So that's a lot of football for these kids. So what's the best way that you can do that? So I think going back to the eight game regular season, adding that extra round of the playoffs is good. and the one little caveat that you didn't mention in there that I think plays into it is the fact that if you are one of the teams that does not make the playoffs, you can still schedule a week nine game against another non-playoff team. So let's just use West Branch as an example. Say we don't make the playoffs after this season. And let's say that Dyersville Beckman also fails to make the playoffs after this season. Now, I'm not saying that's likely because both of those teams are storied programs, but just thinking of two schools in the area, we could contact Dyersville Beckman and say, hey, we really want another game for our kids. The Beckman would say, sure, that works for us. So then we could still get a ninth game in and have a full regular season. So and then on the flip side, you know, you do have 32 teams that get into the playoffs. So those 32 teams are already getting a ninth game. And then that narrows it down. You've got your 16 teams into the playoffs starting in week 10, basically. So um, I think it's a good compromise of expanding it, but also taking into account player safety. 
and also finding an opportunity for teams that don't make the playoffs to be able to get that extra game thrown in there at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And thanks for mentioning that last bit, because it's effectively everybody can have a nine game season. Um, You just might not know who that ninth team is until uh, a week before the game, but that's all right. Um, But yeah, yeah. Like you said, I I think these are good. These are good compromises um, that the state has made. You know, I'm not sure how else they could have done it, to be honest, um, other than maybe starting the season a week earlier. But Again, then that's one one less week to prepare and for these kids to to get hopefully in game shape and learn the playbook and all that kind of stuff too. So so that's hard to to take away that week as well. Um, so yeah, like you said, I think this is a <clears throat> a good a good compromise here. It is also, I mean, you look at the fact that we have so many multi sport athletes, so it makes it a little bit easier for these guys to move on into basketball or wrestling season. You know, you're not extending that season a week longer and adding that extra wear and tear onto them. So, you know, I think that's another consideration that they took into. Um, the one thing that, you know, I was thinking about, well, what happens if West Branch doesn't make the playoffs and the closest team to us is, you know, Appella Christian or, I mean, <laughs> right. what happens if that week nine game, we have to drive to Osage again? Right. I know that, you know, it might be beneficial for the players, but you know, there's some other considerations. So that's tough. Hopefully the way the districts shake out, you'll, you'll have some teams that are relatively close that could make that week nine matchup come together. Or you may have, because I'm sure you could do, I mean, say for instance, West branch and West Liberty don't make the playoffs and we haven't played in our non-district schedule. We could theoretically schedule them as well. So I don't think there's restrictions that it has to be within your class. I think if you find a class of bigger or smaller, you could go match up as well. But um, it's just one of those little things that I think could be interesting to see once it gets into practice. I know that the theory is phenomenal, but seeing it in practice will be curious too. So um, The other uh, announcement that the state made at that same time was that um, they're adding an additional classification. And that's class 5A. Uh, so now state of Iowa has expanded to class 5A, um, at least for football. Uh, and um, the, the state did that just because there was a, a really a growing disparity um, within the, the enrollment sizes and the, uh, I guess you could say, talent level and that type, every, you know, however you want to spin it, um, at the class 4A level. Um, so the state decided to add this fifth, this 5A level classification and put a lot of those bigger, those large uh, class 4A schools up into class 5A um, so they can uh, compete up there. And so kind of the downfall of that is that um, every other class, uh, you know, 4A down through A player is uh, a little bit smaller. So in the case of class 1A, um, that uh, this, the size of that class has gone from uh, 50 Four fifty-six, I think it was. I think to, it was fifty-six. Yeah, yeah, fifty-six to forty-eight um, for uh, the twenty twenty-one and I think the twenty twenty-two season as well. Yeah, I think this is a two-year schedule again. Last year they did just the one year. Yeah, it's interesting to see that um, and uh, kind of the thinning out of all the other classes too. Um, I was just going to say it's interesting because you know you do have some of those smaller four A schools that. You know, <clears throat> say you've got a Western Dubuque, if they're into that 4A range, 
taking on an Ankeny or a West Des Moines. And, you know, yeah, it it's hard. I mean, it would be kind of like us as a small 1A school taking on, you know, a Solon as a big 3A school. I mean, you're not going to back down from that challenge, but you just have so many more students to be able to pull from that you can create more depth, you can find different talent, and yeah. It's just not a fair matchup. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad the state did something. I know they've been kind of been, there have been a lot of things that they've tried over the past couple of years to try and help that situation. Um, But yeah, now they've decided to just go ahead and, and, you know, take the plunge and add that, that class 5A. So, Um, yeah. And then just FYI, it doesn't really pertain to West Branch, but, um, you know, classes 5A, 4A, and 3A will continue to have a nine game regular season uh, schedule and their 16 playoff uh, qualifiers. Um, so a little bit of difference here between the the, the larger classes and the, the smaller classes here. That works, though. Yeah. All right. So on top of that, um, kind of the, the bigger news that just happened uh, here, we're, we're recording this on a, a Sunday, but just a couple of days ago on Friday morning, um, the state announced the classifications and districts for the 2021 and 2022 seasons. Um, so this was kind of the usually the big uh, every other year offseason news, of, you know, along with the schedules. But uh, knowing, you know, just again, knowing what class you're going to be in and then um, who your district, uh, who you're going to be matched up with in your district, which is going to be, you know, in this case, it's going to determine five of West Branch's eight regular season games. Um so West Branch will remain in Class 1A, and from what I understand, they are one of, if not the smallest, uh, team in Class 1A in terms of the beds count, which is what the state uses to to determine uh, who goes in what class and um, <clears throat> all that. And then they'll be in District 5, uh, which I believe we were in the last season as well. Um, and so uh, in our district, um, uh, returning from the last uh, last year, be Durant and Wilton. And then we'll also have Louise and Muscatine, otherwise known as L&M. Uh, Mediapolis, who the Bears played um, in the playoffs last season. And Iowa City, Regina. Uh, so just, uh, you know, that eight, nine miles uh, between us. And we got to get to renew that renew that rivalry in a different way. So, yeah, these will be um, the, the districts for the next uh, two seasons. Uh, the schedules have yet to actually be announced. So what uh, every team is doing now, and I think they have about a week or so to do this, uh, is to put together their list of teams um, that they would, you know, effectively like to or be willing to play um, for their non-district slate, uh, which will likely be the first uh, three games of the season. Um, So once all, all the teams in the state have submitted those, the state can then start putting, putting together schedules and release those. Um, but yeah, first, Stephen, let's uh, let's talk about just real briefly. Let's talk about these uh, teams in our district, just to kind of get a a sense of you know where they were at in 2020, and maybe what they're you know at least on paper going to be looking like uh, coming into uh, the the 2021 season. Um, and yeah, let's just go alphabetical. Let's start with Durant. Durant, um, four and three last year, they were right there fighting for the district title with us. Um, they just came up a little bit short. I mean, we had a barn burner with them, scored late to win. They were close with um, Cascade and Beckman as well. Nolan DeLong, um, 
that's really all you need to know. Don't say that. <laughs> Not really all you need to know because they've got a good program going, but Nolan DeLong, uh, phenomenal running back, phenomenal linebacker, and um, he kind of helps that team go. So uh, seeing a lot of seniors that have left there, you know, graduated and whatnot, but still um, – it's not the Durant from back in the day. I mean, it used to be Durant was one of those, okay, you know, let's get the win, let's move on. You know, they have gotten better down there, and so that's it's going to be a good one. That's going to be fun to see how they shake out. Yeah, I always like playing them because, you know, no matter what state both of our programs are in in terms of win-loss and uh, talent and all that kind of stuff, it's always uh, a challenging game. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those old Eastern Iowa Hawkeye conference type things where, you know, I grew up in every sport always playing Durant. Um, and they were always always a good challenge. But yeah, you know, you mentioned some some seniors graduating, the quarterback Keegan Head and leading receiver Aiden Flockhart. Uh they'll both be gone. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, they'll they'll still have Nolan DeLong, <laughs> who'll only be a junior this yeah, upcoming only. season, which sucks. <laughs> uh yeah, he's yeah. Uh, running back at nearly 1,600 yards in the 2020 season, 11 and a half yards per carry. Um, and he was by far their leading tackler as well from his linebacker position, as you mentioned. So yeah, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be a, a good contender for this district as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what underclassmen kind of come up and, and f- I mean, obviously we, the attrition stuff happens every year for every team, but, right. um, you know, for them, it's going to be interesting to see, see where things go. Yep. Um, yeah. Next on our list, Louisa Muscatine. Uh, they were one in six in 2020 and uh, lost in the first round of the playoffs. And you know, since at least 2004, which is what I have the schedules back to, um, West Branch and LNM have not played. From what I can see, they were in uh, the district when I played back in okay. the late 90s when we were in 2A. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I don't know a whole lot about them. Their school's kind of hard to get to. It's just kind of out there a ways, right on the county line. But yeah, aside from that, um, this will be it'll be interesting. You know, this is going to be a fun thing. You know, you get some of these other teams that you get exposed to. So um, I'm curious to see how this shakes out. I did just a real quick look. Uh, it looked like their quarterback and their leading receiver were both sophomores last year. Um, so they're going to have some of these guys coming back. Um, it'll just be fun to see, you know, how do they respond and come with this new district? And, um, aside from that, I really don't know a whole lot about them, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to learning more about them. And yeah, as you said, just, you know, kind of getting some, some fresh, a fresh team to play somebody that's new, you know, a new location to, to play at, uh, new names to learn kind of a new, team style to learn all that type of stuff. So I'm glad to, yeah, have a little bit of uh, uh, a lesser known team uh, in our district this year. Mentioned Mediapolis earlier. Uh, they're going to be in our district this season. So um, yeah, five and two in 2020. Um, won their first round playoff game, of course, beat West Branch in the second round of the playoffs at the Little Rose Bowl. Um, and then uh, lost in the third round of the playoffs to Columbus Catholic. Um, their senior quarterback, uh, uh, Regan Thornburg, uh, will be graduating this spring. So, um, unknown at really at this point, who will take his place. Um, and also their, their leading receiver, Logan Ty, uh, is also a senior. So he'll be, 
he'll be graduating too. So he's gone. Uh, will be their quarterback and their leading receiver. So much like Durant in that case, and again, much like Durant in this case, uh, the team's leading rusher will only be a junior <laughs> yeah. this coming season, and that's Anthony Isley, uh, who ran for a little over a thousand yards in 2020. So, you know, Stephen, I, I think this is. Um, Definitely one of those teams that's going to, you know, if they can, if they can, you know, fill that quarterback and leading receiver position well, um, this is going to be one of those teams that's going to uh, you know, definitely contend for the district. Yeah, and it's one of those. I mean, it's another one of those programs that is just historically good. I mean, you look back through their history, I and mean, they made the state finals several years ago. Um, they're just always a playoff team. They know how to do it. They've got great facilities. I'm actually looking forward to going down there. They've got the nice um, uh, field turf, kind of like the Solon Field was. Um, that's going to be exciting. But, yeah, they're a proud program. They know how to do it. They do it right. And, you know, I'm sure we would love to get down there and be able to change things from how that playoff game went. But, obviously, it's going to be a completely different team. But, yeah, Isley, phenomenal running back. Cole Lipper. Another guy that I remember from their team last year. He played a little tight end, but more so outside linebacker. And 215-pound outside linebacker is just a beast. So um, that'll be a good one. That's going to be a lot of fun. I know that you know they played Regina in the playoffs a couple of years ago, too. So you get those three teams. You know That'll be some interesting matchups between those three teams. And then you throw in Durant and L&M as well that, you know, oh, hey, just overlook us because we'll come in and figure out how to take care of business, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. And speaking of Regina, um, yeah, as I mentioned, they're they're in the district, too. And they're the uh, six and one in the the 2020 regular season and, uh, of course, won all of their playoffs games and were the Class A uh, state champions. Um, They had dipped down to Class 1A or Class A uh, just for this past season, but um, now with kind of the shuffling of uh, the sizes of the classes and that type of stuff. They're back up to one a now. Um, and they've, uh, they have some work to do this off season. Um, they're all of their tops, basically their top four skill players, uh, will be graduating this spring quarterback, Ashton cook running back, Theo Coley, uh, wide receiver and kicker, Alec, uh, Alec wick, and then wide receiver Levi Quinlan as well. So, um, I I mean, I have no doubt they're going to find <laughs> replacements for that, but it's just, you know, again, every team and every team deals with this offseason and this graduation type of stuff and, you know, really how you you kind of develop players up starting in middle school and the JV level. And this is their opportunity now to to step in and get more playing time and, uh, and you know, really just make things like – make things seem like uh, nobody left um, and keep moving. So um, yeah, interesting, uh, interesting off season for Regina, just um, yeah, trying to replace those guys, but I have no doubt that they will. And of course you have to uh, put them up there for uh, contention to, to win the district. Yeah. I mean, it's the old uh, cliche. We don't rebuild, we reload. And exactly. You know, that's, you get you again, no matter what you feel, you got to tip your cap to Coach Marv Cook and the staff over there because they know how to train the students, they know how to get the most out of them, and they know how to find the ways to put them in the right positions. And, you know, that is very key. You know, you can have a guy that, well, I've played quarterback my whole life. Well, we're going to need you to move to wide receiver, Trey Eagle, you know. You find a way to do that. You do what's best for the team. You're unselfish. And so, 
you know, they're going to find ways to do that. And as we know, it's always a knockdown drag out. It's going to be some epic battles here over the next couple of years, hopefully for the district championship. But again, (laughs) I think all five of these teams have a legitimate shot of saying, you know, we're going to be contending here in this district. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then the last team, uh, Wilton. Yeah, West Branch had in their district last season. Uh, they were two and five in the 2020 regular season. Um, I think their their talent was there. They just couldn't quite get things going um, really at any point throughout the season there. Um, and, um, you know, when we went there, uh, middle of September, week uh, four or five it was, week four I think it was, um, you know, we uh, ended up being a not a competitive game, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise to us. I know on the Bearcast, um, but um, they're they're going to have some work again to do this this off season, much like Regina is. the The Solville brothers uh, they'll be graduating this spring, and so they're going to need to figure out a new quarterback and leading receiver there. Um, their leading rusher was Solville, um, but uh, behind him was junior Jackson Hall. So he'll be Jackson Hall will be coming back this season as a senior. Um, and their leading tackler is also graduating in Kale Brisker. Um, so they've uh, be interesting to see what they've got coming up uh, in the ranks as well. Yeah, and I think they were, um, you know, they've kind of been hit by the injury bug the last couple of years. And so, you know, you get into the Class 1A ranks especially, and that goes back to that depth that we talk about. And when you only have 175, 200 kids that you're pulling from, you know, there's not as many kids that you can tap into and say, we really need you out for the team because, you know, we need some help. And um, that's one of the challenges at this level is figuring out how to maximize the players that you do have out there and overcome some of those lack of depth things. And, um, you know, again, that's one of those things that it's always fun because some of these teams, you know, I don't pay close enough attention, but, you know, maybe they've got a eighth grade class that's just super athletic and they're going to come in and set the world on fire as freshmen. And, you know, that's the other fun part of this is seeing how do these other teams get some of these young guys in and build them up. And so, um, again, Wilton's one of those programs that, you know, at times they've been down, but historically they've been a good team. And so, you know, that they're going to do everything in their power to put that work in and, you know, be able to come back and say, hey, we're also sitting right here. You know, we're not a team to be forgot about. We're going to be challenging for this district title. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, don't want to leave out West Branch in this conversation, too, because they had a large senior class uh, that's graduating and, um, you know, a handful of very important key players um, that will no longer be on the team. Jeff Bowie, uh, Cale Federlin, Morgan Hartz, Gavin Hirschman, uh, Simon Palmer, he was huge coming on as in his wide receiver and tight end role uh, last season. You know, one of Gavin's favorite targets. Um, you know, Caleb Sexton would be missing that spark um, that we had. And, you know, Trey Schutte, he a reliable center that snaps the ball really well every single time. Uh, that is huge, as you know, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, that is a huge asset uh, to the team. Um, and so, it, you know, not to mention, you know, Jack Buell and, and – the contributions of, of the other seniors that that West Branch will be will be losing and not having this 2021 season. So, you know, I don't want to go through all the other teams in the districts and say, oh, well, they're losing these guys. How's it going to work out? Because 
West Branch has that same problem too. Yep. Um, to to a pretty large degree. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, again, that goes back to how is it developed at that fresh soft level? How are these kids getting developed as they work through the junior levels? And then um, how do they respond when it is their turn? I mean, you can think back over the years. There's stories of guys that maybe didn't see the field a whole lot when they were freshman and sophomore, even at the fresh soft level. And then, you know, when it was their time, they get called upon as a junior or a senior, and suddenly it started to click for them a little bit. They've matured a little bit more. They've figured out how to make things happen, and they become solid contributors. So um, who's that guy going to be? Is there one of those senior captains that maybe we haven't seen a lot of on the field? Is there... You know, a guy that's a sophomore this current season that's going to be a junior next year. Is there another freshman that's going to come along and say, you know what, here's what we're doing, guys. I'm going to work my butt off and I'm going to make this varsity roster and make the starting lineup. And, you know, we've got those holes to fill. But again, I think we've got things in place that these guys know the work that it's going to take in the offseason. If they're not doing it yet, they should be because they should have been doing it back in November and make things happen uh, once we get into things the 1st of August. So that is your Class 1A District 5 teams, Durant, Louisa, Muscatine, Minneapolis, Regina, West Branch, and Wilton. Um, so as I mentioned, um, we don't quite know the full 2021 and 2022 schedules yet. We know uh, five of the teams that are going to be on the schedule, uh, the Bears schedules. Um, we will know uh, those three other teams uh, come sometime the middle to late of next month is uh, what I've been told as far as when the state is planning to uh, have the schedules out. Um, I don't know if they want that information out there, but that's right. Just that's what I was told <clears throat> uh, from somebody who probably knows. And um, so we'll look forward to that, um, you know, uh, g- getting getting that full schedule out and, and knowing who those three non-district opponents will be. Um, I know I talked with Coach Peterson a little bit about them on Friday, um, just kind of some of the things that he and uh, um, activities director Jake Stenberg were were thinking about uh, putting on there. So, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a tough schedule, even just with these five teams. But uh, throwing in some of the the teams that uh, could be on the non-district slate will not make it any easier. I'll just say that. <laughs> so looking looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, that's all we know so far about the 2021 season. Um, yeah, Stephen, you alluded to it a couple times that just we kind of get the sense that things are feeling a little bit better now uh, with with the pandemic and that type of stuff. Um, vaccine rollout seems to be going really well. Um, I've had my first one, and so I'll be fully vaccinated here pretty soon. Um, so I'll feel good about that, and so hopefully. Um, everyone else's as well. Um, I think it's pretty important to, to get that and keep not only yourself safe, but everybody else safe. Um, and it's just quicker way for us to get back to normal life. And, you know, doing this high school football season, I think we were lucky to get through it in 2020. Um, just as a state, I think as a whole did pretty well. I mean, there were some teams here and there that had to cancel a few games, one or a few games, um, and thankfully, we uh, were only bit by that uh, once. Hopefully, we can not have to worry about that. Worry about that this upcoming uh, season. And um, I'm also getting married at, at the <laughs> season too, so I'm kind of hoping that <laughs> for that sake as well that I can uh, have that uh, without uh, without kind of the the, loom, the the COVID stuff 
kind of looming overhead and making it a little bit of a concern as to if we can safely celebrate in that type of thing. So uh, fingers crossed. And um, yeah, I, I think we're looking pretty good for, you know, come coming around August and September and October, but um, need to really stay vigilant and all of that. Amen. Not much else to add to that. All right. Perfect. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Um, all right, so the last thing that we want to talk about here before we before we wrap up is uh, Trivia Night. Uh, so that's coming up here um, in April, on April 17th, and it's going to uh, take place out at Little Lights on the Lane, uh, which is out at uh, Cedar's Edge Golf Course. It's the somewhat new uh, event center out there. Um, when I was looking for uh, wedding venues, uh, my fiance and I, we looked at there, and that was the first time I had been there. And what a beautiful place. Um, amazing. Really, what they've done out there is um, nothing short of incredible. Uh, just how they've improved that whole area out there. It's just, it's beautiful. And the event center is great. Um, <clears throat> what's really nice is that it's a really nice, big, open area. And so, you know, everybody can kind of spread out, um, be somewhat comfortable, obviously, you know, wearing a mask will be encouraged and, and keeping distance where necessary will be encouraged. But um, uh, it'll be nice to just kind of be able to get back together and do this event again after having to do it online uh, this past year. Um, so registration is open now. Um, you can go to westbranch.football and there's a, a news post right there on the homepage talking about Trivia Night um, and a, a link to be able to get uh, your team registered. Uh, there can be teams of six or eight um, and so you can get your team registered now. Um, and you'll have uh, through, I think, about uh, just a couple days before the event, which is on April 17th, uh, to get your team registered. So be sure to do that because uh, I know those those things uh, fill up pretty quickly. And um, uh, also uh, the event organizers are, uh, of course, also looking for sponsors uh, for this year. And, you know, the event and I mean, this is a fundraiser. And so, um, you know, all of your all of the team dues um, uh, to play and also the sponsorships we get go, go directly into the program to be able to to fund all the things that the program needs um, throughout the season. And so if you're uh, obviously interested in playing, get registered. If you're also interested in sponsoring, um, that, that information is also available on West Branch Football. Steven, are you planning to, to play? I'm still looking at the schedule. I'm trying to figure out, and I know the Lions are looking at a team um, we'll see how that shakes out if everybody fills in. Otherwise I may just offer my services to walk around and make sure that Jason's mm -hmm. not cheating mm -hmm. again. I mean, wait, did I say that out loud? I'm just kidding. Well, we have, we need to have a dedicated person for that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So we'd really appreciate your services <laughs> there. <laughs> yep. Um, but that's a fun night. I mean, I've played in it before I've helped out with it. I mean, it's a great night. It'll be fun at the new place. I mean, you know, Brick Arch Winery was a lot of fun, but having everybody down on one level, a little bit bigger space, that'll be fun to see too. So a couple of great places in town to have these things. Yeah, Brick Arch was was really great. I think just the, the event has gotten so popular now that we just, you know, plan as day, just need a bigger space. Um, and and that's that's really nice that uh, we're able to, to go out to Little Lights on the Lane and, and do that for sure. So um, uh, thank you to them for, for offering that space for us. That is all we have for this uh, kind of special off-season episode of the Talking Bear Football Podcast. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot. We'll probably be back um, 
Not sure if we'll have an episode to talk through the schedule. You know, at, at for sure we'll. I'm be sure back. we will. Um, yeah, I'm we'll, sure we will, we'll be chomping at the bit as soon as we get there and say, "Ah, right. we better get something." Yep, yep. But at minimum, you'll hear from us for sure in uh, uh, in August, or at the latest, you'll hear from us uh, probably in the middle of August or so, right after Media Day. Um, so yeah, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us, uh, Stephen. Uh, let our listeners know if they didn't already know how they can stay connected to West Branch football. Social media. We're on Twitter at WB Bears Football. On Instagram at WB Bears Football. Go to Facebook, search West Branch Football, like the page, get notifications, because all the info gets put up there as well. So those are the three main ones. Um, you haven't got it. There's like four or five others that are starting to come around. So. I mean, are you looking yeah, at getting I'm all those? In them. <laughs> no, not going to do any clubhouse stuff or I don't think Snapchat's really appropriate. Uh, I don't even know whatever else is out yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I lose track after TikTok. a while. TikTok. I'm not sure we have good content for TikTok. Yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever the kids like, but right. yeah, we're going to stick with the basics for now. So yep. uh, this is if you if this is your first time listening to the Talking Bear Football podcast, uh Make sure that you go and subscribe, click like, follow it. We're on Apple Podcasts. You can go into Spotify, whatever podcast player you like. Go search us, like it, follow it. Make sure you get notifications whenever we get a show put out. Uh, once we get into the season, we're normally doing a couple per week. Uh, we kind of wrap things up and look at the next one. So um, be listening and looking ahead. Uh, we try to do a couple in the off season just to keep you updated as well. But uh, go follow along. Yeah. Yeah. And as Stephen mentioned, subscribe to the show. That's that's totally free to do. Podcasts are free. Um, well, traditional podcasts that is, unless you're Spotify. And yeah, not going to get into that. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, subscribe to the show. Really, the benefits are is the episodes come to you. You don't have to go seek them out um, and you get to listen to them in a good, good, you know, podcast player on your on your phone or tablet or whatever, whatever you're listening on. So yeah, that's going to do it for us here in episode 96 of the Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on westbranch.football. Take care, everyone. Take care, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really work out for you to say those two things back to back, did it? <laughs>